You wanted to talk about Enter the Void? Yes, Enter the Void. Very weird movie. I'm not sure how much... I feel like I could talk about it for a long time, but maybe to no point because no one's seen it, and I'm not sure if I'd even recommend it. It's very interesting. I've seen the opening credits. The opening credits... the opening credits are amazing. Don't watch them if you get seizures. Yeah, they are very epileptic. But they are very cool. Um, It's like a... It's like a, a million fonts. It's like a rave filled yeah. with fonts. <laughs> and it's like really loud, clicking. very neon. Yeah. The whole movie, the visuals are insane. Okay. I Here, I, I pulled up some. This is just... Ooh. I'm showing Jordan the pictures that are on the IMDb page for it's it. It's very colorful. Extremely colorful. Very neon. It's set in like Tokyo. It's a French director. Uh-huh. It's about a Gaspar Noé, I believe. Is yep, it's about a French guy who is a drug dealer, okay. and the first half hour of the movie, at least, are from like a first-person perspective. Okay, like the cameras, you know, attached to his head I'm or whatever. That. He like shoots up heroin and goes into like a. It goes into a almost. It's a very that? beautiful looking movie. Yeah, and it goes into a thing like tree of life almost oh, of the creation okay. of the universe esque or like yeah. doctor strange okay one of those kinds of things of just trippy weirdness yep and and then he he dies and then it shows a bunch of things from his life that aren't from a first person perspective like how he got there all that kind of thing stuff about his sister oh weird but it's very is the, that paz de la huerta yep isn't she like completely insane i have no idea Whoa! Oh, probably. Side note, well, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna derail you here. <laughs> yeah. Her mom is from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Huh. Small world. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> but the movie is basically an hour too long. Which oh, bummer. Isn't great. Yeah. It's like two and a half hours, and it should be an hour and a half. They should have taken out almost all the character stuff. And really. Just had it be the weird visuals. Just being entering the and void. And just let people try to deduce what's happening with these people. That I think that cool. would have been way cooler. Okay. Uh, there are whole storylines that should have just been removed. It's just the weirdest movie. I just came out of it totally baffled. Probably the most sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Like, the end of the movie is literally just panning through the rooms of, like, a sex hotel. Oh. It's just insane. Does it add anything to the movie? Not really. It has kind of like a melancholy finality to the whole thing, I guess. But, like, they didn't need that. Yeah. The whole thing's already melancholy. And it's just, apparently... So is the movie when, good? <sighs> there's things about it that are good, but yeah, it should have been an hour shorter. <laughs> and, like... People, okay, so when this guy released this in America, yeah, and I couldn't tell if this was literally or not, but I think literally, I think he literally just took out one of the film reels. Wow. Because you could just very cleanly cut out a full like 25 minute section of the movie and nothing happened for people's understanding of the movie. It sounds <laughs> like, super aggravating. Which makes it sound like he didn't put very much thought into the movie. Yeah. You know, like, ah, let's just take out this chunk. But if it's a very impressive movie, it. then... Yeah. And that's why I think they should have just gone whole hog with it and just taken out the plot of the movie. <laughs> you know? Like, because I've seen movies like that that are good. Tree that are life. essentially plotless. Uh, yeah. And so, like, I don't know. It was just... 
like I got done with it. Yeah. And I spent large chunks of the last 40 minutes on my phone. Yeah. Kind of half paying attention because it was just so, so long. And I just, I can see one of the comments I read online before I watched it was just like, I didn't like it, but I've thought about it a lot after I watched it. So, like, that is some metric of a movie being effective. Yeah. And I've kind of had the same thing. I've just, like, that's why I'm glad I have a movie podcast. Because I just had to talk about this movie. <laughs> even though I, say, I, even felt, though I don't recommend it. I feel like I just, like, went through a therapy session with you. <laughs> a movie therapy. Yeah. Is that what this podcast should be? Yeah. Us being, like, it's a, a like chunk of it. movie therapy, essentially? <laughs> Giving it to oh, our I watched this movie. I need to talk about it with somebody. <laughs> so much. 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 So we did our 2018 Oscars, kind of talking about which ones we did like and didn't like. Yep. It was actually really ended up being more about how much it sucks to have an unearned Oscar win and yeah, how it totally. you forever. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I had not seen two of the 2018 movies that almost would have been tailor-made for me, and it's kind of ridiculous that I hadn't seen them. Actually, three of them. Was one of them Vice? One of them was Vice. Because that was one where I was like, how have you not seen that in the theater? Yeah, right? That's pretty much... The you could have sh- written the movie. Yeah. I love The Big Short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, know? that's the other thing. You're so obsessed with The Big Short. I've seen it so many times. And Dick Cheney's a very interesting, weird guy. So um, what did you think of the movie? Vice, I thought it was good. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be in terms of... I don't know why I didn't believe that Christian Bale could do a good Dick Cheney. Yeah. That was the part that I think I was most skeptical of. He and is he, he is always himself. It. Yeah. He is always himself. Like you like, yeah. but there were moments, especially with the fat suit, mm-hmm. or I mean, when he had added on all that weight himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the makeup, where I was I was I really got in, lost in him being Dick Cheney. Yeah, totally. Um, I think pretty much once once they got past the seventies. Yeah. It was a hundred. You're just like all the way in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, which makes sense because that was the time that we would have remembered Dick Cheney. Of course, anyway. of course. Um, I joked on Twitter that I could just feel millions of people catching up to me on Dick Cheney <laughs> trivia. <laughs> yeah, seriously, while I was watching it, and they just like things coming. I'm like, ah, this. I'm never gonna be able to break that one out. Yeah, because people are going, oh yeah, I saw that. Oh movie. yeah, vice. <laughs> Um, no, but, but Dick I Cheney knew. is a legit interesting guy. Just how like he's a true psycho. First, he, well, yeah, he's completely nuts. He pretty well, and they didn't even get into this either. Of like how during the Bush administration, he basically said, "Oh yeah, we're just embracing evil. Like we are yeah, the, the bad Darth guys." Darth Vader comment. Yeah, right? like people would like joke about him being Darth Vader, and he he like for a long time he kind of would like joke about it and chuckle yeah. about it. But he basically said like. Yeah, we pretty much made that choice. Yep. Like, to be the bad guys. Yeah. Which is just bananas. It's so unbelievable. Yeah. And this goes really into him just deciding that they need to try and expand the powers of the president as much as humanly possible. Yeah. In a way that is well, and I th- not just responsible for pretty much a lot of is- issues we have today, mm-hmm. but... Was just responsible for you know like even going to war with Iraq yeah. and all. Well, and that. I don't think that 
was something that he was into inherently. I think that's just something that he learned that he needed to do if he wanted to do the other stuff that he wanted to do. Yeah. Which is basically make it so that he could keep as much money as possible. Oh, sure. Forever. And just that he could control everything. Yep. They also didn't mention in the movie that his wife was on the board of directors for Lockheed Martin. Oh, really? Which is one of the largest weapons manufacturers in the country who sells weapons to the United States government. So they made a lot of money off of going to war. Also, there was a pretty big deal of him not selling his shares that he had in Halliburton. Oh. And Lockheed Martin when he became vice president. Yeah. And that's kind of where all the weird stuff coming in about the vice president being kind of not in the executive branch because he's technically the president of the Senate. Right. And kind of not a legislative branch either. And he kind of just didn't do anything. Yeah. And nobody did anything about it because who was gonna? So infuriating. Anyway, so... So here's a question for you. With Vice, did you feel like it actually got into his headspace at all? I thought he was such a cipher the whole time. They really they really pushed Lynn Cheney making him want to like be, make something of himself. Yeah, just ambition. Just pure ambition. Yeah, but... I never really got from him that that was a thing that he cared about. It was just like, well, I guess the next logical step would be this, based on what everyone else is telling me. You mean in the movie or in real life? In the movie. I don't, yeah. I don't get... Obviously, he, in real life, he's a cipher, too. I think they probably did that on purpose because he's really hard to read. Yeah, and he is pretty much tight-lipped about all this stuff. Yeah. He doesn't... I mean, other than, you know, him making comments about embracing the dark side or whatever yeah. he doesn't really get into the specifics of what he wants what's your favorite part of the movie in regards to the adam mckay-ness of it in I the like way that the big yeah. short is is very much like they have all these asides where somebody explains something oh uh, you know or like what's the most adam mckay thing because this one had a lot of stuff i think the one i think when he first starts working at the white house okay or in washington in general um, and he ends up, and like Donald Rumsfeld makes this big speech, you know, in front mm-hmm. of all the interns, and then he really wants to work with this guy, and like just the joking around that they do, oh, and okay. like kind of them. I think that with, what that made me think of what you said was like so the part where they're outside of uh, the president's office when he's talking to Henry Kissinger. Yes, and it's like kind of this thing where it probably didn't happen that way, right? right? Yeah, but. They set the right tone for you to not be annoyed by that. Yep. Like, being consciously aware that it's a narrative he device. he, like, wink at the camera a little bit during that part? I don't say, remember, probably. That's kind of a, you know. I think, oh, you mean Dick Cheney's character? Yes. Yeah, and he's kind of, like, looking at this doorway and, yep. yeah, kind of deciding at that, that moment that yeah. he needs to change his whole uh, my thing. favorite, My favorite one of all those was uh, spoilers for thing that really happened yeah. and also the movie also the movie <laughs> yeah uh there's a framing device of uh jesse plemons narrating a lot of stuff and we don't mm-hmm. know how he is related to any of this story in any way mm-hmm. and we do see that uh eventually we see him like go to war mm-hmm. and he comes back and all this stuff and then he gets hit by a car and dies and na- continues to narrate basically yeah that uh it's his heart that they used to that they gave to he got a heart Cheney. yeah, yeah. After for his heart transplant, like yeah. the guy that's been narrating it is the guy whose heart uh, yeah. Cheney. Yeah, and it's like, was it worth it to actually give this guy a heart? Because mm-hmm. clearly, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a really that was cool framing yeah. device. If that, yeah, you know, because the movie kind of did need a narrator. Yeah, and uh, and it did need a, a yeah. person on the ground to show how a lot of these policies affected other people. Yeah. 
Because yep. otherwise it'd just be like, oh, cool, like a guy who earns a lot of power. Yeah, because they could have done it in a worse way yeah. of showing the consequences of some other politician who loses his job or loses an election. They could have made like, it. They could have showed it from Al Gore's perspective. They could have made it the social network, which which is like, all right, here are the people that are directly around him that are affected. Yeah. And they did that with his daughters also, yeah. which was a, also, I thought, really interesting. But those people in Dick Cheney's situation all ended up being basically fine. Yeah. So, like people who he ran out of the Republican Party or something like that. Yep. They're fine. Yeah. You know? But this actually shows a, in a different way yeah. how his quest for power and all his policies actually mm-hmm. affected people. Mm-hmm. I it's really cool. I yeah. liked that probably the best. Did you how do you feel about like the Shakespeare thing? Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, it didn't like blow my mind. It or was. Anything. I remember it being really funny when I was in the theater. And I think it makes sense for the thing that they had to do in a couple different places. Yeah. Of kind of saying we don't know exactly what these people talked about. Yep. We don't know if Dick and Lynn Cheney explicitly planned to go to fake war. Yeah. You know. Yep. Uh, and you couldn't. I think it would have been kind of a mistake to say definitively either way yeah like people would have basically called it out oh for sure as being either totally unfounded yep. or being unnecessarily kind to dick cheney yeah so i think they were that was their way of just explicitly saying we don't know what happened yeah you know it's hey it's a mystery it does make a better focus on the consequences ultimately yeah which i think is sort of what this whole movie is actually about just like look at all of the stuff that got ruined because this guy did what he did. Yeah, which I and yeah is a pretty good summary of everything Dick Cheney is. I think in a yeah, nutshell, he's kind of just sort of general ruiner. Yeah, just went in and just ruined things <laughs> constantly. It was also I, weird to I always forget that Donald Rumsfeld had been in politics that long. Oh yeah, that, I I remember learning that they were like you know the youngest. White House Chief of Staff and youngest defense secretaries ever. Yeah. After it's kind of interesting just how it all went from yeah the Nixon stuff yep. to kind of yeah them having to clear house and having to get these new people mm-hmm. these new young people and it's like they really in their incredibly awful way got to be on the forefront of like a lot of new political ideas. Yeah. Even like of neoconservatism, kind of that idea that like. We're going to unify the country around this very scary threat that most of the time they're just making up. Yep. You know, like if all the Nixon stuff hadn't happened and they didn't have to bring in these young guys, yep. that all would have gotten delayed quite a few years, you know? Yeah. And it's just totally. like this weird confluence of events that you would be very hard to do on purpose. Yep. And just bring these they, young new minds. Weren't they kind of on the outs in the 80s too? Um, yeah, a little bit because they were on the George H. W. Bush side, not really the Reagan side. Oh, right. Which is also interesting because a lot of the Reagan guys, they were like the real neocons. Yeah. They were like the guys who were like legit uh, inventing fake Soviet weapons to scare everybody about. Right. They did their study about Soviet submarines and how they couldn't find any of them with sonar, so they just assumed they just made up this thing that the Soviets came up with submarines who could get around sonar. Oh my gosh. Um. Just to scare everybody. Yeah. But yeah, so they were kind of on the outs in the 80s. And then, yeah, when H.W. Bush came back, then... Right, because they have that whole scene where W comes in and he's drunk at that party. (laughs) That was really funny. Yeah. man. Oh, man, he nailed it as George W. Bush. Yeah, he was fantastic. That was the best... I think that's the best fictional George Bush I've seen. Yeah. 
He was perfect. Versus Josh Brolin did one in W, right? Which I thought was pretty good too. Yeah. But just not as good. He didn't have the... He had the accent, because I'm pretty sure they have the same right. accent naturally. Yep. But he didn't have the same almost he didn't carry impish himself. energy yes. that George W. Bush had in real yeah, life. Yeah, totally. You yep. know, like George or Josh Brolin is way too serious of a guy. Yep. He's a real grim. Yeah, whereas Rockwell is... Oh, already impish. Yeah. You would just describe that with him naturally. Yeah, he's That's just kind of his jam. Man. There's yeah. a lot about that movie, I now that we're talking about it, I really like. Yeah. Just thinking about, mm-hmm. it, even them very explicitly describing how they needed to create this enemy in Iraq so that mm-hmm. they could go to Iraq. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much named some guy that was in Iraq as part of Al-Qaeda and having a lot of power. Yeah. And that created ISIS. And then he actually became famous yeah, from because, the United States. Because the U.S. Yeah. actually said his name enough that he yeah. was like, hey, I'm a big deal. All the people who wanted to follow a terrorist leader went and looked for that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all wild. It's, man, just like seeing the consequences of all those things yeah. now is truly insane. Well, and as you know, I don't know how much the re- the listeners will think this is interesting at all. But, you know, I just got done reading This isn't book. for them. This is yeah. for us. <laughs> I got done reading The Shock Doctor not long before watching the movie. Yeah. And just all the stuff about Iraq just made it seem a hundred times crazier than I ever had any conceptualization of. Can you give us a brief summary? Kind of just that the whole thing was just a big contractor's paradise. Oh, sure. Actually, the book Freedom, now in retrospect, thinking back to when I read it several years ago, yeah. kind of nailed it. How it was just a bunch of very irresponsible contractors. You get millions and millions of dollars and you subcontract it to somebody who subcontracts it to somebody else. Yep. Who eventually pays some person almost no money to like just not do it. Minimum wage. Yeah. Not even that. Like 10 cents an hour. Or <laughs> oh, whatever, wow. Okay. To pay some indian guy to put a fan in a room that was supposed to have an air conditioner oh wow that like was you got paid a million dollars for or whatever that's crazy so it's like and then kind of just that that was kind of their whole motivation to start it in the first place yeah that dick cheney ran halliburton which was a company that did military infrastructure they were a contractor and so it was like their whole thing was that they basically ran all the restaurants and like they just ran the bases. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of just a big excuse to set up a bunch of bases it's somewhere. It's so infuriating. It's very bad. It's bad. And yeah, again, that's just one book, right? But as as uh, the flip side for what the normal story that everybody hears is, probably good to open yourself up to the possibility of. Yeah. So anyway, that... Yeah, uh, yeah, the movie was good. Um, I one thing I will also yeah, say about movie. the movie. Let's get back into some people thought that they shortchanged the Dick Cheney shooting a guy in the face storyline. Sure, which I understand just, because it is classic dark comedy. Oh yeah, that it's Dick bonkers. Cheney shot a guy in the face and then and the, the guy, guy had to apologize to on TV. He probably didn't have to. Yeah, but he just did. Yeah. Right. I think they covered it perfectly. Yeah. They just do a little quick little scene, just right? Just as a quick little moment of absurdity. Yeah. And I'm just glad that they didn't cut out any of the 70s stuff. Yeah. I thought that they would shortchange the stuff in the 70s, too. Is there any part that you feel like they did shortchange as a Cheney history guy? I think they shortchanged what he was actually doing in the private sector oh, in yeah. the 90s. They should, could have really emphasized leading that Leading up more. to the war in Iraq. I think they, they portrayed him wanting to go to war. Yep. As being a power grab, obviously, mm-hmm. but also a 
thing to help the president's approval rating. Yeah. And as just like a, you know, him trying to keep the country safe, which I'm sure Dick Cheney has some thoughts in his head floating around about trying to keep the country safe. Right. But that's the whole last scene of the movie. Yeah. They didn't really, I don't think, cover enough Dick Cheney's personal financial motivation for the United States to go to war, which he had a lot of. Yes. Can I just ask a question? Mm -hmm. I know we're getting into the weeds, but that's what this is for. Yep. Do you think someone like Dick Cheney, clearly an evil guy, clearly a psycho. Yep. Do you think he really believes, do you think anyone is self-consciously being like, if we just create a war, Mm -hmm. this will happen? Or do you think that they're so ingrained with, that's what I think with all these CEOs and all these guys that have these weird motivations to do these things. Don't you think that they're just so loyal to their board and Mm -hmm. so loyal to all their friends? I think they, 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 they know all these guys and they're like, oh, well, I worked for Halliburton and Halliburton keeps the world safe because that's what my managers under me are reporting to me that that's what's going on. And so, well, I've got this asset here. I know that they're effective because I Mm -hmm. manage it. Yeah. Let's just use them. Or do you think it's just straight up, this will make me money? I think, I think, I, I, yeah, obviously, this is obviously where the movie is can't reach. You can never know. But I don't think a lot of the time they're thinking, aha, if I go to war, yeah. I'll go from being worth forty million to eighty million or yes. whatever. I think they'll probably have it'll come up as an idea. Yep. And yeah, they'll they probably buy into the companies that they used to work at. Yep. They probably surround themselves with people who would never tell them that it's a bad idea to yep. go to war. Right. And, or that they might lose. I mean, John Bolton's around now. And yeah. that guy is clearly just wants to have a war no matter what. Yeah. And I think they buy into that it's glorious to have and win a war. And that it's it will keep our country safe. Yeah. And I yeah, I think the going on the offensive all the time is yep. the way that you would you know, and I think it's not really that even the people in these companies are all warmongers or whatever. Yep. It's that you wouldn't get promoted to any high position in Halliburton if you were ever squeamish about war in any capacity. Yeah. Or if you ever course. would recommend that anyone not have a war. Yeah. You just wouldn't get promoted to that job. Yep. The cause and effect are almost doesn't even matter at that point. I yeah. If you are in that position, you probably believe. Yeah. It. I think the concept of a business that makes money only that that that's profits go up by that much when there's a war happening yeah or when everybody's terrified that a war is going to happen yep. or when everybody's terrified about terrorism yeah i think that's an inherently corrupting situation and if you spent years and years working in it mm-hmm. i yeah i don't think it's possible to really tell if they're consciously wanting to do it or not, it's almost impossible for them to divorce themselves from that. I would think in so. any way, shape, or form. And there probably is. I mean, they depicted in the movie like that Colin Powell didn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't know if he actually didn't want to do it. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I would. He seems. I'm pretty sure he seems said like after the fact that he didn't. Yeah, which you know, he does seem like someone who, you know, he'd been to war, right? Yeah. Well, he was one of the guys in charge, I think, during um, Desert, Desert Storm. Storm. Which, and that's the other thing, all these same guys were involved in that. Yeah. And Saddam Hussein tried to assassinate George H.W. Bush. 
What? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me at least uh, a very brief thing of that? <laughs> I don't remember all the details, but I'm pretty sure George H.W. Bush was visiting some other country. Yeah. And Saddam Hussein tried to assassinate. That would have been absolutely insane. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was like even close to successful yeah. or if like the CIA just heard about it. Was it was a plot, possibly. It's a thing that people threw around during the Iraq war yeah. of like, yeah, George W. Bush probably took it a little personally. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> this guy tried to kill his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it probably Jeez. didn't make everybody, uh, you know, amenable to the idea of not overthrowing Saddam Hussein. Yeah. And just the fact that like, I don't know. Desert Storm has almost like a classic World War One, World War Two setup going. Okay. Where in World War One they kind of pulled their punch a little bit and didn't oh, sure. invade Iraq all the way and yeah. didn't overthrow Saddam Hussein, yep. even though it was a war against Saddam Hussein in right. Iraq. Um, they kind of just pushed him out of Kuwait and then just left it. Got it. And a lot of those guys, like Dick Cheney, were mad about it because mm-hmm. they thought we should keep going. Right. And again, going back to people who actually were in huge horrifying wars, George H.W. Yeah. Bush, who was a World War II veteran and oh, yeah. almost died in a plane crash. Right. He was like on a bomber that everybody died but him. Oh, that's right. Also, fun fact, he they crashed in the ocean and he crashed between like two islands. Yeah. And people who washed up to the other island were all murdered by the people who lived on the island. <laughs> I think because the people on the island were like loyal to Japan or something. Wow. And George H.W. Bush washed up on a different island, very close by. Could you imagine how a different history would have been if he would have washed up on a different island? Right? It's if so the weird. currents would have pulled him in a slightly different direction? Yeah. yeah. And that's one of those stories. I always feel weird sharing stories like that because it's almost too weird to be true. And I feel like I have to like amend it be like, I didn't like do a lot of research about that. Right, right. <laughs> that's just like a pop history thing. Hey. That's what Vice uh, is. Yeah. It's pop history. Pretty much. And it helps us actually Although figure I, out what's going I on. I hope they did a lot more research. That's okay. I assume but, they did. But by pop history, I just mean you're hitting the important moments that everyone should know about. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's versus the actual... Once you get into the actual cause and effect of all of history, yeah. you find out that literally everything is entangled and you can't pull any one thing out it's without having mess. it be associated with every other thing. And you're going to misremember a lot of stuff. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> so... Anyway, that being said, I know one one of the other ones that you, oh yeah, had seen recently. I think ties into this because it is also a very political movie in Mm -hmm. an entirely different way, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yes. For those who haven't seen it, I'll just quick describe the movie. Yeah. It's a guy who he's a poorer guy. He kind of wants to make something of himself. He gets a job at a telemarketing firm, and it's in Detroit. Is that right? I don't remember. That sounds right. Yeah. Don't remember. And he kind of, he finds that he's very good at it. Yes. He's a black guy and he learns from Danny Glover how to use his white guy voice. And his white guy voice is is David Cross? Yeah. It's a little bit of a magical realism and, kind um, of thing. And Danny Glover's white guy voice is Steve Buscemi. Yes. And then there's one other guy. Somebody else has Patton Oswalt. Has Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Which is great. You could not have picked three better white guy <laughs> yeah. voices. Yeah. They're great. Incredible. Um, but yeah, so he basically gets, he learns he's great at it. Yep. He moves up the ranks. Meanwhile, the, the telemarketing, all the people on the ground level are trying to unionize. Yep. And so he feels like he, as he moves up to kind of the upper floors. Yep. He is pressured to help break up the strike or 
Not or you know break up the union. Yeah. Well, not even just to break it up. Line. First, is just keep going to work. Yes. And and also just like kind of giving him the idea that he's not really with them anymore because he's yep. kind of in management. Once quote you, unquote. yeah, you're almost he's like elevated to a different. They kind class. of pull him out of the union by promoting him. Right. Yeah. It was. It's just, really about class consciousness in in a super intense way. Yeah. It's also sort of a sci-fi movie in a mm-hmm. way that i we won't spoil or anything but it kind of reminded me of like a spike jones yeah or maybe like like a terry gilliam almost yes. nah, terry gilliam is a little bit spike more spike jones fantasy. is kind of a perfect spike one cool. in that if you've seen like being john malkovich or eternal sunshine adaptation that's sorry eternal yeah. sunshine is michelle gondry but um those type of i i think you know charlie kaufman is also yeah a great, i guess it's closer to the charlie yeah, kaufman thing all of those are associated in that mm-hmm. it's sort of a there is a sort of real situation, and it goes. I magical realism almost isn't even like it is magical realism, but it also it goes further than that uh-huh. in a way that is purely could only happen in fiction. You mean which, all three of them? All all of those movies have a sort of an aspect where it goes purely beyond just the sort of like magical realism oh, of the guy sure. changing voices. Yeah, that it just takes like a bizarre turn. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And but that but it fits within the narrative of mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. So sorry, I kind of interrupted you there, no, but that's basically it. Yeah. Did you like the movie? I liked it. There was very weird movie. Very weird. Tone tonally so weird. I liked probably the first half more than the second half. Very fair. Um, I, I I want everyone to see it once and then talk to me about it. Yeah. I think it is very good at kindly depicting the main character's dilemma, shortcomings, oh, kind yeah. of. Okay. You know, and like it depicting it. So, like him in the movie, it shows. He's very poor. He's very poor and he, he has these real problems. Like he lives with his uncle and his uncle's going to lose his house, right? Yep. And it kind of shows that as being, yeah, you know what? People who, like, cross a picket line, mm-hmm. right? Are doing it for material reasons? Pe- yeah, people... Um, Sometimes. Yeah, that the reasons that they're doing it are usually the reasons why people need to unionize in the first place. Yeah. Which is that they don't have any money. Yes. Um, and it's... I think that's an important thing to... If you're trying to learn about that, it's yep. an important part to understand because if you look at people trying to unionize that is the the objection that people usually have is like oh like it's gonna cost me money yeah or i can't risk getting time off from work to go on strike i can't risk not getting paid Mm -hmm. which is a very real thing that people need to pay their rent right but kind of just that everybody has that going on yeah ultimately and ultimately that's where a union has power or even Mm -hmm. a strike has power Mm -hmm. and that everyone collectively yeah. Has ultimately more power than the people that it hurts are you, but it hurts the people who own your business way more. Yeah, to the point that it literally shuts down their entire thing. Right, exactly. Um, and it's kind of the the. I mean, the only alternative is just hoping that they're nice to you. Right. Yeah. Or of or trying to outcompete all of your coworkers. Yep. Which is kind of the way that he goes with it. Yes. Is is grasping onto his talent. Yep. That he definitely has yeah. for sales. And working his way up and learning how and awful they, the company is. They also is. do a very good job of dehumanizing him mm-hmm. in little ways all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a particular scene where it's he's at a party and it's a bu- him and like basically a bunch of white coworkers, mm-hmm. and they assume that he can rap because he's black. Yeah, and uh, he can't. Yeah, 
And then he ends up just, it takes a surprising turn. Sure. And yep. it is ultimately like makes him very popular and dehumanizes him even more. Yeah. And there's scenes like that all the time. And meanwhile, he has a girlfriend who is sort of the opposite direction, who is always calling him out on not being. She's very idealistic. Yep. She's she's an artist, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Played by Tessa Thompson, <laughs> which is great casting. Yeah. But to sort of show the other side of it and to mm-hmm. kind of have the argument back and forth so it's not just him. You're not just relating to him in one way. You're and seeing and you're side. also seeing that he under he he knows what he's doing wrong yes. and, yep. he's and he's actively still doing it. Still doing it. Yep. I thought it was a... It's almost like a parable in a weird way. It is kind of... It's also very messy. It's very messy. There are some... Some subplots that don't seem to go anywhere. Yeah, and not even just so they don't go anywhere, just so they resolve in ways that I found confusing for, like, the analogous aspects of the movie. Yep. Like, I think the movie is such a... It's such an obvious political situation. Yeah. And, like, despite everything being very fantastical and over the top, they're clearly trying to depict real stuff. Yeah. And they're trying to get us to relate this movie to our real lives mm-hmm. or like situations of getting people to think about what do you know about unions or whatever. Yeah, of course. I'm uh, trying to teach people. That's yeah. the thing. I think it is kind of an educational movie. It is. So that's why I think it's weird when they put things in there that are so messy. Yeah. And it's like, so like the part with him, stuff with him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Like it makes sense when him and his girlfriend argue about stuff because mm-hmm. she's kind of his external conscience. Yes. But then it seems very weird to me when, spoiler alert, she has this like side thing with the guy's union boss. Yes. Like what's that supposed to be in yeah, this analogy? It's, and it doesn't really It doesn't go anywhere. Resolve. But that yeah. being said, that that is weird. Yeah. It is a very loose movie. It's yeah. so loose. But it's ultimately so singular. Yeah. You just I couldn't stop thinking about it for a long time. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it's messy. Yeah. Like in that way, I just didn't expect it. Yeah. And I think it would be. I think it's good to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. In a movie, or like a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know for for a movie that is supposed to be loosely educational. Yeah. For a lot of for a topic that a lot of people don't know a lot about. Yeah. I think. Yep. It's kind of a weird. It is. Way to go with it. But hey, I mean, it got me thinking about it in a way that I hadn't before. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty cool. And I seriously, everyone, please watch it once and then yeah. talk to me about it. Because I don't, the final half to third of the movie, say last third, is a thing that I just don't even want to even say anything <laughs> about other than just watch it. Yeah. And so what was this third one that you watched? The, oh, well, the third one I watched was Into the Spider Verse. Oh. Well, that's not as which is that's not political necessarily. No. Other than people were mad that there was a black Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But uh, okay, <laughs> do, do we want to have like a follow up on Marvel? With yeah, that? I don't think so. We well, can was just good. say it was good, right? Yeah, good, I liked it. Good one. It's, a, it's a cool that it's not connected to anything else. Different way to go with it. Yep. You know, animation style was cool. we story was fun. We we lamented, it was kind of light and breezy. We lamented that they're just gonna do the same thing over and over. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah. Also, it's gonna uh, as I guess part of this outro, which this is turning into. I think. Yeah. We're gonna. We talked about doing Sam Raimi Spider Man at some point. Oh, I want to do that so bad. Which I think that'd be good because I feel like I don't know for sure, but it seems like we have people who enjoy comic book movie content. Yep. And we've oh, done a decent amount of it already. Yep. 
So might as well Let's just, just lean keep that in. train going. Thank you for putting up with our political content yeah. so we can eventually <laughs> deliver you comic book content. Yeah. <laughs> the two types of movies that are in the world. <laughs> Uh, we, so we want to do Sam Raimi Spider-Man maybe yeah do you want to do Mystery Men absolutely because I never saw it you still haven't seen it no never seen it buddy I didn't even see it when it came out when I was 12 we are going to watch that movie yeah we can all get uh, Smash Mouth stuck in our heads yes the original one that have Smash Mouth yep. not Shrek the original shape of an L on their forehead yes they were bad superheroes yes and the music video for Smash Mouth All-Star has mystery men clips in it yeah it was literally made for the well not made for the movie it was yeah. made for that album but it was the music the, video was. the video came out at the same time as that yeah. and so yeah there you go yeah we're doing mystery men for sure. 